is a Kansas memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. We met Martha Van Orsdal Farnsworth in the previous podcast that featured her diary entries about World War I. The next two podcasts will also feature entries from Martha's diary that describe her first unhappy marriage and her second happier marriage. Martha was born in Iowa in 1867. In these entries, Martha's in her early 20s and describes her involvement with several bows. She's very candid about her feelings, and many of her diary entries are very emotional. At this point in time, it's difficult to determine if these accounts are her actual feelings, the highs and lows of a young woman, or if she's being flirtatious and melodramatic, which might have been part of the expected standards of courtship and marriage in the late Victorian era. The following entries describe her introduction to John Shaw, her first husband, in 1888 as she is leaving for a visit to her former hometown of Winfield, and mention Orrin Ketterwell, to whom she's currently engaged. On a weeping willow tree, fairly well, fairly well. Wednesday, February 22nd. When starting to dressmakers this morning, met little carrier number 11. Told him was going away. He says, write to me. I replied, I don't know you. He says, don't you know me? I'm John W. Shaw. So now I know his name, but was disappointed to find such a cute little fellow with such a homely name. At 1.40 p.m., took Santa Fe for Winfield after changing cars at Florence. Thursday, 23rd. Well, old Winfield seems like home. In a.m., cousin Minnie Weber and I called on cousin Ellsworth Rogers and cousin John Weber's. Then went to Courthouse Square to hear band contest between Marshall's Military Band of Topeka and the Courier Cornet Band of this city. The state GAR encampment is being held here, and in p.m., cousin and I went downtown where I met many old friends. In May 1888, Martha decides to break off her engagement with the Orin, referred to as OK, mentioned in her previous entries. She starts seeing Mr. Shaw almost every evening, although at this point she does not seem very fond of him. Friday 25th. To school in Eve, wrote letter to OK today, breaking off our engagement for sure and for good. I'm not going to fool about it any longer. Saturday 26th. Went with Mr. J.W. Shaw and Eve to a Euchre party at Mr. Gist's on Prospect Street. Had nice time and got home at 1 a.m. and he stayed till 5 a.m., quarreling hard as we could all the time. I despise him and told him never to come again. Sunday, 27th. Just as I was ready to go to church this eve, Mr. Shaw came. I am so angry at him that I wouldn't go to church with him. And if went alone, he would follow. So I stayed home, and he stayed with me, though I tried to make him go home, and talked so hateful to him that he shed tears. He wants to be a friend at least. Tuesday, 29th. To school and Eve, and Mr. Shaw home with me. I guess I never will get rid of him. By October 1888, Martha's feelings toward John Shaw have changed. Saturday, 6th. Poor Mr. Shaw is sick and couldn't come up this eve. Tuesday 9th. Really feel blue because haven't seen Mr. Shaw for several days. Guess I like him better than I thought. He is so good and kind. Wednesday 10th. Got a letter from Mr. Shaw this a.m. and an afternoon, on persuasion of others, went down to see him. Found him able to be up and so glad to see me. Thursday 11th. 
Went to prayer meeting in Eve, and Mr. Shaw was there to bring me home, though he ought not been out. Saturday 27th, home. Mr. Shaw spent Eve with me. He is winning me over through his goodness and kindness. I've always had a presentiment that I would marry that man, and I don't want to at all, yet I seem to be drawn on and on toward him against my own will. Saturday, February 2nd. In afternoon, Mr. Shaw and I went for a ride on East Side Circle out to Cottage Grove. We spent the eve at Mr. George Weymouth's on Lincoln Street, playing cards, and when we got home near midnight, came something that makes me very happy, the happiest girl that lives. My dear Winnie boy asked me to be his wife, and I am oh so happy. He is so good and honest, I know he will always be true and good to me. Yet I don't think I have ever shed so many tears. For some way, I don't feel just satisfied. I feel half afraid, and yet I love him so much. Yet there is an uneasiness I cannot explain. But I am happy. They marry on September 4, 1889, and Martha provides the following description. Wednesday 4th, my wedding day, and I pray God to bless it. The morning dawned bright and clear, grand and beautiful. Went with Johnny early in a.m. to First Christian Church, and from there with Mrs. Weymouth to get some flowers to decorate with. Very busy all day, going to and from the church, getting things ready, and the minister was there too, to drill us. Commenced raining about 11 o'clock a.m. and rained hard rest of day until little after 6 p.m. I felt so sad all day, and it has been hard to keep back the tears. My eyes have been full most of the day, but not one dropped. I'm determined not to cry on my wedding day. I love Johnny, and I know he does me, yet it seems as though he has thought more of how things shall look at the wedding than of me. He has hurried me all day and not given me one little pleasant word concerning what is to be. My heart feels hungry and not satisfied. I suppose more because it has been so gloomy than anything else. At 7 o'clock p.m., I commence dressing. My dress is white satin and Valenciennes lace, long veil of tulle, long train low, square neck, no sleeves, long gloves. At 8.20 p.m., with a bright moon peeping from a few clouds, Johnny and I drove to the church where we were married by Reverend B. L. Smith, Miss Lila Goodhue playing Clayton's Grand March, and Mendelssohn's Wedding March as we came out. A large crowd was at the church to see us married, and the mail carriers with some of their wives and friends and Johnny's folks came to our house after the wedding, where I had light lunch and Johnny set up the beer. We got some handsome presents, especially the set of silver from mail carriers. We went straight from church to Johnny's home at 411 West 9th Street, where we will live. Martha's diary entry for October 12, 1889, hints at the alcohol problems that will impact Martha's marriage to Johnny but it also contains her formal introduction to Fred Farnsworth, who will become her second husband after Johnny's death from consumption in 1893. Saturday 12th. The beer party met at our house in evening. Large crowd, mostly mail carriers, present, and Johnny introduced me to Fred Farnsworth, a nice, quiet boy, a good friend of Johnny's, whom I've seen so much of and been in same crowd with so much, yet never been introduced to. I had to finish out a table of four to play cards, and my partner was Mr. George Ute, of whom Johnny became almost insanely jealous. He was so nice and kind to me till the crowd left, then he began cursing and abusing me most dreadfully, and he had no cause, as Mr. Y paid more attention to the others than me. 
I think it must have been the beer he drank that caused it. Johnny continued to have problems with alcohol and also contracted consumption. They moved to California for a time to try to cure him, but he died in October 1893 in Topeka. During her marriage to Johnny, Martha also gave birth to a daughter. However, Isabel is not well and dies before she's six months old. Martha continues to live in Topeka and takes a job as a live-in caregiver to Fred Farnsworth's mother. Our next podcast will focus on her eventual marriage to Fred Farnsworth. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are from Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from our collections. The URL for this website is www.kansasmemory.org.